Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello again to Talk Cosmos, Insightful Conversations, Awakening Your Conscious Self. And today is April 9th, just a few days after the full moon. And we are centering on the eclipse. We're within that period of time, which always shatters my consciousness because I realize that things aren't always moving along as a business. And what is business except change, right? So here we are. And this solar eclipse will be at the very last degree, really pushing it with the minutes too, at 29 degrees Aries. Yeah, and it won't be for a few weeks because our panel today that focuses on this specific new moon, which a solar eclipse always is, is always the second week of the month. And interestingly, this entire month, it seems, of Aries, we're focusing on these eclipses because there's many angles to look at this energy in life. Nothing is a prescript. Well, the prescriptions can be many, right? Exercise more, breathe, etc. Okay, we are now ready for archetypal symbols. Synthesizing the current archetypal new moon energies through weaving symbol systems, such as Sabian symbols, numerology, Mayan novel energy days, or even tarot, connecting to the astrological data and concepts for planets and cosmos, this is your Archetypal Symbols panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, Vice President of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, a professional astrologer, intuitive, numerologist, and tarot reader. I'm a certified sacred healing counselor, providing nurturing in-depth consultations for individuals and couples. I'm an author, blogger, speaker, and international Reiki master and teacher. I create safe space in which to explore the deeper patterns of your life, to clarify your current circumstances and help you find your best path forward. And I'm Justin Crockett-Elsey, an archetypal astrologer, teacher, and author. I combine both Western ancient astrology and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology. And I specialize in predictive, electional, and karmic astrology for individuals and couples. I'm a certified aromatherapist, an essential oil specialist, and an herbalist. And I offer remedial modalities of plants for psychological life issues to empower clients with compassionate healing. I also do in-depth astrological research into arcane astrological concepts, focusing on the mystical, occult side of astrology. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and, and today, today is a gift. gift. And, and that's, that's why it's called the present. present. 
I love being reminded of this fact as I toggle between schedules and new moons as it is, isn't it? Because as Liz mentioned to us, and hello, Liz, and hello, Justin. We hey. had yeah, two new moons, essentially, because an eclipse is a new moon in Aries at the very beginning and the very end. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and I might just add that this solar eclipse, which I hadn't before mentioned during our little pre-opening, uh, it is not going to be seen by people on land very much. It's down in this, it comes from the South uh, Pole. It's called, and it's a Ningaloo eclipse because it's on the west side of Australia where there's a Ningaloo reef, a World Heritage Reef. And so it will be visible. It's a total eclipse, but it's a very narrow band. So essentially, if people want to see it, they're going to go out in boats and things, which I thought was very interesting. You know, you know, Sue, I, 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 and I, and I think you probably agree with this as well, Liz, that just to let our audience know, that doesn't mean that it won't affect us all. Oh, just thank you. Because we can't see it. <laughs> Excellent. That's, yes, great teamwork. That's right. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. But I do think, thinking about it sometimes, that if that's the fact that it's not much about the material, it's more about, which is, there's a parallel. I mean, this is really good support, that it's more of an um, either emotional or womb worldwide. And that's the chart we're going to use as a world chart anyway. Yeah. So Good leaving. <laughs> well, the focus of that reef is really cool because maybe some new life will come back to that reef. I, I don't know anything about that reef. Oh, but... I love that. Mm -hmm. yes. and, and I like how you're bringing up the ocean and reef since we got Saturn and Pisces. So. Yes, it all correlates. <laughs> it's like the universe is working to direct us. And really, I'm always bring up the fact which that that to live with the universe is letting the universe be a partner and looking at those symbols, what's happening in our life. So it's, this eclipse is on a path, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's see what it has. Nathan, if we thank you so much. And here are our guests, Elizabeth, Liz, and Justin, and we will have these at the end and they're on the website always, their websites. How about if we begin with the numerology of it? Because 2 and 9 equal 11, which boils down to 2, but 11 is a master number. Yes, exactly. So um, I always like to look start with the 29 first and then work down. So the 2 to me is about partnerships, harmony, it's polarity. You know, it's like some form of balance. And then the 9 is completion. Um, endings, new beginnings are ready to start. Um, and then going, and then the two plus the nine equals 11. So that's, as you said before, a master number. It's like um, wisdom and intu intuition and stepping up and being a leader of sorts. On to you, Justin. Yeah, and I, I agree with all that. And, you know, generally I find that uh, the 29 number, there's a, there's a meaning to every 
double number. And 29s tend to be people that are, uh, because nine represents the collective, it's the last number, it's the bigger picture. And so we're talking about relationships in the collective. So this is, um, there, there's moon is about relationships at some one part of the, the message is about relationships in the collective to 29. I really am. Yes. I'm so grateful in looking at this, realize that 11 transmits, you could say that energy by being one with the universe to help humanity and to bring things forward, which is all our energy, meaning all of us are being asked to consider the whole and and improve, yes, in a way, which goes along with Pluto and Aquarius in some degree. I mean, it's all kind of paralleled. If you have thoughts on it, otherwise we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, I know we're going to get to Pluto and Aquarius later, but yeah, that, that 29 and 2... It's there's a meaning for everything, you know, the 29, 11, and of course the two, but it's generally like, like Liz said, it's balance and relationships, but it's, there's some lessons there about those relationships. Now the tarot card for 11 is justice. Of course, in some decks it's eight, but justice is justice. And uh, again, go ahead, speak both of you. I know Liz, Justin. Oh balance and I call it a karmic card and it's the law. I mean, because you could say it could be like a judge imparting a decision about a law. Um, but it's a really cool card, I think. So, you know, and it's like, it has a measuring there of balancing things. So go ahead, Justin. Yeah. And you know, that 11 card, I agree. It's, it's the law. It's about justice. And we see it in our society right now, a lot of stuff going on about the, the courts, you know, that seems to be a central focus of thing. And then I might also point out that the two, you know, the 11 card is the justice, but the two card is the high priestess, which is also related to law and to, um, the divine feminine, right? It's the uh, female pope. So I hadn't noticed, but at the top it is an eight. So in some decks, it's an eight. What I that's really... actually that's actually the old way, and yes. it's actually that goes back to ancient history. But that's the old way. Yeah. So, but this picture was so powerful because it's not of the normal picture, and those scales really. And there are other pictures here. I'll show them right now that people can look at all the variations. And you can see she's weighing a feather. So back in Egypt, as and over here on the very right hand side is Justin. You're very akin. Well, perhaps both, but I know Justin. You know, you've been to Egypt and you follow that energy. That it was a matter of weighing at death, the heart of the deeds of the life energy compared to a feather. And of course, if it was heavier than that, not such a good thing. But it, is, it goes back to go back to some of these points that I find are powerful is consequences taking that we're all related. That's what I had not understood. That's also part of this justice, that it's not just karma for myself, but it's general energy that's happening. Other people might be doing that I, that, that affect me, you know, that, but to stay in the moment, keep a balance. Yeah. We're all connected. Okay. There's so much more good energy. 
and it does, okay, of course it relates, but we're just bringing up the facts right now. So Sabian symbols, for those folks that aren't aware, this is a metaphor imagery system for every degree of the zodiac. Elsie Wheeler in 1925 with the astrologer Mark Edmund Jones. So with that said, and this is the, so we will be looking at the ascendant, the midheaven and the new moon. And this is a chart here for those that can see it, that on April 20th, this is in Greenwich because that's the world chart for the world where time begins in, in England, in the UK. And It'll be the same degree, which is 29 degrees and 50 minutes, almost at that turning point, the very last moment of Aries. Now, here in the United States, we'll have a chart for the Washington, D.C. Well, it, but it would be on the 20th, but then going westward, it's going to be on the 19th with that history there. And so let's see, regrouping here, you can see that the... New moon, solar eclipse is in the first house at that last degree of Aries. And the rising sign is, interestingly, almost at the Aries point at two degrees. Right. And and I was going to say, because Liz and I were talking about this before, maybe we should mention for the crowd that um, if it's 412 mm -hmm. in Greenwich, then it's... Uh, 12 12 a.m in washington dc and 9 12 p.m on the 19th the the prior night in on the west coast seattle la yes the, it's five yes four hours right now difference i think between britain europe that part of and washington dc because it's summer and yeah and London actually has the same time. It's just British standard time, but this is the world chart. That's a good point. I'm just looking ahead. What are we doing? Okay, we're going to talk about that Sabian symbol. <laughs> so perhaps, and with Sabian symbols, they come in triads. Is one approach, Linda Hill in Australia, who does a lot of Sabian symbols, from what I understand through Liz, to give justice, just credit. Um, with Justice and Justin, I'm getting a little mixed up here. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. yes, but the point is, is that we, the degree itself, the one after it, it's, we could have gone on to another one. But at any rate, one is prior to two, two would be the same, um, also before, and then the saving would be three. And it could have been four also, but we're starting at one. A woman just risen from the sea, a seal's embracing her. And this generally is emergence of new forms, the potentiality of consciousness. So it's an impulse to become. Liz, do you want to do number two? Sure. Um, Aries two, a comedian reveals human nature. And the keynote is the capacity to look objectively at oneself and at others. And the key word is objectification and consciousness. Just Justin? Yeah, Aries 3 is the cameo profile of a man suggesting the shape of his country. 
the sustaining power of the whole is the individual identifies themselves with its life. And the key word is participation in a greater life. So um, can I say one thing here? Just to oh, kind please. Of, to yeah. kind of, so for the audience um, and for those maybe new to the show, we, you know, one of the most important things you always look first in the chart is the ascendant. Uh, you know, what is that rising constellation coming up over the eastern horizon at that moment of the event? So that's why we start with the ascendant. And um, so anyway, I just wanted to set that as a foundation for those who may not know why we're starting with the ascendant. And it's so intriguing because in this case, the ascendant for the world chart is actually right close to the Aries point, which we call the Aries point because Aries starts the archetypal 12 Right. developmental signs and it's it's also where there was spring equinox and we're going to show that later there's a correlation between the last aries new moon which is just a day after the spring equinox and this one but which is which comes full circle also which is very interesting and 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 amplifies is it um strengthens right. the, the new start of everything. So, so do you want us to kind of talk to this a little bit? Because I got a comment yes. about this. If, if um, And I'm just curious what you two think. So, you know, I always look at the beginning of, because we're talking about really this first degrees of Aries. And I always find that the beginning of every sign or constellation has the energy. It's almost like the ace of the whole suit or the ace of the whole constellation. And it's interesting in this one, I, I feel that these three um, my perception out of it is is it's really about self-actualization here in a way. You know, a woman rising out of the sea, she's trying to emerge into a form. And then um, there's there's this key word with a comedian about object, ob instead of subjectively about the way we're looking at ourselves in this new period, it's about um, paying attention to our objective perceptions about ourselves. And then, of course, the last one, the cameo profile of man. This actually re relates to actually, there's actually one of the saving symbols in Virgo, which is very similar to this one, where it's about being very self-aware of oneself. So we see sort of this, and of course, it's relating to the, the person's uh, role within the collective. So there seems to be a lot here about self-actualization. And I'm just curious what you two think about that. I agree with that. And it's kind of repeating from the first new moon at um, zero degrees Aries of new beginnings, new starts, a fresh look at things. So it's like kind of oh, emphasizing that again for another month. So and I, with, I like that. Yes, absolutely. And with the outer planets moving just lately in March into these powerful new signs, I mean, mean powerful in the sense that they're beginning long transits saturn and pisces which is the uh consciousness the of the collective the unconsciousness of the collective the whole and then pluto which is often looked at as an energy of transformation to find what is giving us growth is in Aquarius, which is the collective consciousness of humanity, it is the pinnacle, you could say, of humanity in all its forms, not just for the self, but looking for the energy to everybody. So this really mirrors or or, or emphasizes that is 
Would you both agree? I mean, is am I? Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I thank you so much, Justin, for bringing that up. Here is that chart again. And as you can see, that two degrees ascendant is right there for those that can is on the very left hand side with a little like a V in a sense, the, the uh, ram, you know, like the horns. The and I, and, I, and mm -hmm. I, you know, I want to point out something that we, we, we always put that part of fortune there because that it's always on the ascendant on a new moon, but that part of fortune in Aries uh, shows that it, uh, our happiness at this point is through self-assertion or self-confidence or starting new things as Dane Rudyard talked about it. So a part of fortune in Aries is about needing to do something in a drive to do, do it itself or self-assertion, self-confidence, new beginnings. It is really important to realize that confirmation or validation that what impulses we have to become our, a new identity, which is really what New Starts is all, you know, so much about, is, is valuable. And it will give us that happiness. I, I, that's very supportive. Liz, did you have a comment before we go on? No, you can go ahead and go on to the okay. next one. So now we're looking at the midheaven, which is at the top of the chart. And depending... Um, I'll read because it was at zero degrees in 59 minutes. And so we start out with Sagittarius 30, the Pope blessing the faithful. And the keynote is the need to play homage to traditional values upon which the invisible community of the spirit is built. And the key word is personalized worship. Yes, I made a little addition here. Addition and edited out what I needed to. Thank you. And, and I've really got the and I've got the one degree. If you want me, to go ahead and read Good. that. Yes, the one sir. degree Capricorn, which is an Indian chief claims power from the assembled tribe. And the keynote here is the power and responsibility implied in any claim for leadership. And so we're really, it's a, it, the, the key word is authority here with the these first degrees of Capricorn. Again, that Capricorn being the first degrees of Capricorn being the whole energy of the suit or the power of the zodiac there. So once again, how would we, and did I type that wrong? Is it Capricorn 2? No, it's Capricorn 2. No, it is Capricorn oh, that's 2. Correct. That's correct. Oh, oh, it is. Amazing. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Zero. So in other words, once again, Liz, what was yours? Because here now I'm like the audio. I'm, I'm listening. I'm trying to connect the two energies so that we can move to this progression. The, the Pope blessing the faithful. Which was a keynote of what again? To, to pay homage to traditional values. Okay, so we go from traditional values to what, Justin, you're saying? Which was really about um, about uh, the responsibility of leadership and power and authority. Oh, so... And then, hmm. and then Capricorn 2 here, then we see the uh, vestiges of wrong authority. Yes, indeed. So there's really a very powerful authority that we must take accountability for ourselves a lot like that number 11 that we were looking at where it's a responsibility to take that energy and share it here it says the imagery is interesting it's three rose windows in a gothic very old church which relates back to what you were saying about the antiquity 
and damage one is damaged by war so in other words and he goes on to say later that what was destroyed but it was of the there's three principles of us and it's a principle of love and compassion that gets hurt through violence and that's a waste that's his keyword that's saying because and it's so interesting to read about the sabians in dane ruchar's book the astrology of mandala um, the astrological mandala because he continues to explain this in greater detail for those that want to flesh out these meanings more but what he's saying is it's a waste because it's opposite of group integration and that's exactly what this energies are moving us towards isn't it yeah okay well, I have here, I think, now why did I missed that? Oh, I see, because we're going to the sun and the moon now. Liz cued me in. Go ahead, Liz. Okay. Um, Aries 28, a large audience confronts the performer who disappointed its expectations. The keynote is the necessity for mature preparation and self-criticism. And the keyword is responsibility. Boy, it's driving it back home again, just the energy of this eclipse itself. It's like knocking the lights out and bringing it back in to say, okay, now what do you think? Where's your responsibility? And I've, I've got the Aries 29, if you want me to go ahead and read that Oh, one. Oh, well, I actually have it on the next slide. So this one, okay, we're okay. Good. Thank you. So I'll do 28 and you can do 29 because it kind of ties well, she together. just read 28. Oh, oh, I did it twice. Oh, how interesting. Oh, boy, I'm really on a roll. Yeah, yes, I'm. Next one? Okay. Well, oh. okay, so, 29. So Go ahead. I'll read 29 <laughs> here because you got the 30 there. So the 29 is the mm -hmm. music of the spheres. The keynote is attunement to cosmic order or, um, you know, where is that energy where we are We're getting to the last degrees of Aries here. So where's the mature Aries that's attuning into that cosmic order of energy. And so it's about the keyword is listening to your inner voice. Mm. I, the parallels are amazing. Well, then it where it's headed is a duck pond and it's brood. Aries 30 degrees at the very end, the realization of natural boundaries. So it's focalization. So of course, as we look at the whole, we still want to remember where things, our energy, I suppose, is responsible for ourselves and how, therefore. Yeah, it, Dane Rudyard talked about it, it that that in order to be effective, power must accept the principle of focalization here, because that's what we started out with the whole power, power enough, you know, and and um, with and Aries has a certain level of power and authority and and ourself and how we we control our own power. Yeah, Liz, did you have some wrap up? We have, we're heading towards a break in a little bit, but we, go, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think it's. I really enjoy using all these symbols with a chart, and um, I agree with that. What everybody's saying, so we can take a break now. Okay, so I guess to wrap it up, though, we are looking at this solar eclipse at twenty nine degrees, fifty minutes. 10 more minutes to get to the next sign, but we're still in Aries, still at this masterful, collected, lot of experience, but yet pushing us back to the beginning of starting again. 
And we'll see how that happens, particularly next. Thank you. I have my great panel members, Justin Crockett-Elsie of Seattle, Washington, and Elizabeth Liz Michette of Seattle, Washington, Port Angeles and Camino Island. See you in a moment. Thank you. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Aries. By leaving a cycle based upon completion, the energy of Aries sparks initiation, creating action to separate into a new cycle of life. It's a fire sign, which means it will involve great emotion. And because separation may create resistance, it also takes great courage to break away to new ways of becoming. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m. Thanks in part to Dr. Nels Rasmussen at HealingMinistryForAnimals.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, April 16th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me, and talk with your animals or human loved ones on this side or the other, and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. Hope you can join us and plan to call in with your questions for either one of us or a personal reading with Natasha. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. This is Sue Minahan, host and founder of Talk Cosmos. It's time to share news about the KKNW Listener Survey. Take this opportunity to let the station management know about your favorite shows, your likes and dislikes, and what you want to hear on the station. Help shape KKNW's future by letting your voice be heard. Simply go to www.1150kknw.com. Click the 2023 Listener Survey image up near the top of the page. Entries begin Monday, March 27th, all through Sunday, April 23rd, when a happy winner's announced. Because there's a bonus, too. Filling out the survey gives you a chance winning a round-trip passage for two on the Victoria Clipper to Victoria, B.C., Canada, plus a $100 gift certificate to Famous Dave's Restaurant. Find all the complete contest rules at 1150kknw.com. So log online for all the details. Great prizes just might be yours. Do get your voice heard by filling out the listener survey at 1150kknw.com and help improve the KKNW station by sharing your thoughts now. Good luck and a big thank you for all your past listenership from Sue Minahan at Talk Cosmos. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150kknw. Hello again. We are back, and this is a solar eclipse. I'm going to ask both of you, and I will need those slides again, Justin, not Justin, Nathan, I always say Justin, yes. 
<laughs> I get the, here we are. Liz, I'm going to start with you. What energies would you like to share with the audience in 30 seconds as to what's happening for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to take a pause because Mercury's going to go retrograde and everything that I was working on kind of went left and right and upside down. So I really don't have much to share okay of what's and going on right now but hopefully next month <laughs> and for those people that would like to get readings from liz it's a lightpath.com justin what about yourself do you have something coming up no you're muted for some reason uh hold on there you are you're i, I hear you Good. okay <laughs> yeah so um just focused on readings, but I also do have a workshop coming up called Astrological Yoga because I'm a yoga instructor. So I'm going to be developing a workshop that um, uh, combines people's astrological chart with the yoga um, class and workshop. So that'll the, I'll be announcing something soon about that. Oh, very good. And I know that, Liz, you have been working on something. We're, it's still, we're in that beginning seed stages, planning our little things. And, of course, Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. Next month, we have Astro Jam. We might say that's at the end of the month. And next week, we have Israel Ahosi coming in to talk about the lunar eclipse. So that'll be very exciting. And Israel is the president of the Astrological Lodge of London. I'm always excited to listen and talk with Israel. This is the first time that he and I will be solo together. And I thank Justin for having introduced us. Okay, so let's see. Well, I have this fire sign up because Aries is fire. And with all these new starts, it's spirit, isn't it? And it's initiation and it's instinct. It's powerful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that's a good picture to go with that. So with these, this energy, Justin, perhaps you can share about the Neshakras. And I actually have a slide that indicates a little bit that I got off the internet. Yes. So not only in Eastern astrology, but also Western astrology, there were called, there were what are called lunar mansions. It's just not Eastern astrology or Vedic Jodh astrology that looks at what are called the lunar mansions. And these are actually the constellations behind the constellations, the stars and that. And we so it's further out. It's called the Nishakras in the Vedic. And and so we can also look at this area of the sky as the moon and sun are going through this particular lunar mansion or Nishakra. And this particular one uh, for this moon, because in Jyotish it is also an Aries moon. Um, so it is called Ashwini. And it's in the second Pada of of ashwini so all every you know not every aries is alike so is like we've seen all these different different degrees and so every uh lunar mansion or or uh, constellation in the sky is broken down by by um sections or what we call padas and so this is the ashwini uh nishatra lunar mansion and it's in the second pot and what's interesting about this particular one and i'll try to relate it to what you and Liz have been talking about sort of about this Aries is that it is actually the healer of the Zodiac. It's the physician of the Zodiac. So this is um, people that are born in Ashwini, Nishakra tend to be very spontaneous and um, it's, it's actually good insight for original ideas. And so 
I, I feel intuitively that what we're looking at here with this healer of the Zodiac, and we're talking about relationships here, that I would relate it to um, to the healing of relationships and, and where we're going with this right now. So, Liz, that, that, okay, I will jump in. I really hadn't connected that. I love that idea. Healing of relationships, of course it is when I think about it because- and Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Go go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 add, no. I forgot please. to add one thing. I forgot to add. So the pada that it's in, the, the, if we break it down even more, is in pada mm -hmm. two, which is ruled by Taurus. Um, and so there's a um, um, with these Aries energies, there's also uh, this needing to manifest something materially, or uh, I could say mm -hmm. in a way we're looking that we need that. Um, we need our bang for our buck at this particular point in time. Whatever we're putting our Aries energy into, mm -hmm. we need to see some material results coming out of that. And that's what this this moon is forcing us to do. And Taurus always for me is spirit coming into matter. So it does have resources and it has material gain of some sort. And yes, that's a, always the financial part of it keeps ours rolling along. I was going to notice about the symbol. It's a horse head, which, mm -hmm. you know, the, the picture, what, did I have a picture of this? No, there wasn't a picture. There was a wonderful picture and I didn't copy it, but it's confident, independent, and it's so symbolic too of that energy. So it's really of beginnings and initiating again, because the Vedic and, and, and Western are, well, in this case, because of the spread between zero and 29, it's, it's on target. It's still right. in the Aries. Yeah, there's, there's this overlap between Eastern and Western astrology. They're both correct. And they just complement mm -hmm. one another here in this. And, and it does, it, this is still an Aries moon. It's spontaneous, right? It's, it's like, it's, it's spontaneous, you know. And it reminds me very much of other systems that astrology uses. I'm just relating an analogy of comprehending for us that are in Western astrology, trying to think of what could be a disparity, but it's not because, as you say, it overlaps. But beyond that, if we consider in astrology, and this is astrology speaking in terms of astrology, we have measuring systems such as solar arcs, where we move the whole chart a degree a year, people might go, what? And it's an overlay, but we get information from it. So really, I love this idea that as we're bridging further ahead, the energies of the universe are conspiring to have us unite with and with rather than or but. You know, it's more of an inclusivity where we can have our individuality, but we can still bridge. I know I'm on my bandwagon about that, but this is good. <laughs> You're laughing. All right. Well, go ahead. Well, no, I was, was going to say if, share about the chakras because I'm not familiar with them. I mean, I've heard the terms, but yeah. I just haven't studied them. So I'm glad that we're bringing this in so I can learn about it. Well, and and in the Western astrology, uh, there is there is documentation on lunar mansions in Western astrology that um, I believe there was a there was a, a book written by a uh, an Arab astrologer on lunar mansions, and so there's a whole um, 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 
uh, dynamic in Western astrology about these lunar mansions. And there's 27 of them. I, I, I know very little, but just enough to kind of catch my interest. I mean, to put it to pieces together, I should say. 27, and there's 28 days between one new moon and the next new moon. So it makes sense. This is a measuring system, very ancient, to kind of identify uh, energy. So, so we'll move on. We are interested in looking at the first new moon, the day after the equinox, which is only a month ago on the 21st of March, which happened to be at zero degrees and 49 minutes of Aries. And this chart here is of at the United States. We chose that would be replicable, or this would be representing the nation at that time and a little identification with it because at that time our rising sign which we've brought up is how we first look at a chart to see how are we individually working with our world itself and how we manifest our energies out in the world was with cancer which of course is the sign that the moon rules and it is talking about a new moon. So it was a very personal, our own, and cancer works on its own processing. You know, it has its own tempo of, de of, of development. And very importantly, on that personal basis. So I we're bringing up this chart here, but we're going to compare it with this new moon solar eclipse that's ahead on the 20th and interestingly if can I'm, we look at ahead. this chart for a minute before we go to the the bywheel um because i wanted to point out that the pluto is square the nodes so we have a t-square here and i thought we should talk about that a little bit let's yeah. do that <laughs> let's mm -hmm. do that because you're so right to, what I was going to just, I'll just bring up that the ascendant for the world chart is at the same point that the United States is mid heaven was. Well, okay, go ahead. Let's, because we're in transformation with Pluto. Yes. Thank you, Liz. Right. Because Pluto just went into Aquarius um, a week or so ago. And so, you know, it's like coming into a new sign and it'll dip its toe there. And in a few months later, it'll go back into Capricorn, but still being square, the nodes uh, the South node and the North node, um, you know, you could say our pre past and, and where we're headed or our past and the now or the change. Um, and I just feel that those are important aspects to, to kind of look at, or that's a big aspect in the, the chart. So to me, that's another layer of symbolism behind the new moon chart um, and the eclipse. So it's like in Pluto deals with our power too, of how we've dealt with power in the past and how we're going to deal with power in the future. So I'll turn it over to you guys now. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And, and what do you think, uh, Liz, uh, deeper into that, 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 some themes around that besides the power some deeper themes um i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> well i was think i was thinking and i'll just throw this out to you there you know because the the pluto is is in is moved into aquarius which rules the 11th house which is social groups and 
and and relationships how we're looking at group relationships and and, and i'm i'm thinking this is sort of just my thoughts about this that you you pointing out that it's squaring the nodes which is you know kind of what we're bringing into the situation and where we're trying to go it's 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 a tension point it's an opportunity to restructure uh, maybe our look at our relationships and the collective and those that was power like you're talking about power and relationships in the collective you know that's what i'm thinking you both nailed this 100%. This is why we have teamwork. And this is why it, it exemplifies, an, for me, an example of where we're heading. It's not just oneself, like I organize and whatnot with the show and, and et cetera, and put the slides together with some help. But I missed a whole bunch of points and I went running right over this crucial aspect. Thank you, Liz, for reading and noticing and knowing. And Justin, for bringing up because everything we've talked about, for me, with the numerology, with the Sabians, all drives right back to this aspect of Pluto, the big guy out there of our universe, which is a dwarf planet of great magnitude in this position toggling between past and present. And what are those? But the past is our resources and those committed relationships of, of, of um, complementary life force resources that give and take, financial, whatever, marriage, all these strong relationships and with, I mean, it's going two ways. Yes, going to the north node of our independent self-reliance of survival. And we're at the end of this nodal axis after 18 months. It'll end in July. But isn't this, it, it takes a lot to change my resources, my sense of of attaining that into this collective energy that Aquarius is asking, that the number 11 is asking to download from the universe and share, and that Saturn in Pisces is looking at, hey, what bridges our unity? Where where are we common? We're all one. So it's very profound. This is very strong for an eclipse. Well, I'm Pluto represents the underground so what lays below the surface whether it's within us whether it's within the earth whether it's the government our community etc etc it's like bringing those things to the surface to work on and evolve or release <laughs> yeah and justin would and of course it is in the 10th house but it's going so it's really taking Perhaps those institutions or, or the twelfth, the tenth house is our career and our more. It's not. It's beyond the career, but it's how we function in a social, wide social group, or not group, but institutionally, you know, rules. Yeah, I, I can find. I not trying to teach everything here, but focus more into the. Taking that that's more abstract in a sense because it's more general as a group into more like-minded energies of the 11th house that has connecting in these energies that try to elevate our our conditions, yes? 
Yes. So now we could do the bywheel if that's all right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I had to bring this up because the reason we're doing this is again for those people to realize that in the March 21st new moon, which was the day after the spring equinox, the new moon was at zero degrees Aries. This solar eclipse that we're bringing up, which is the second new moon, but a solar eclipse because that new moon is within 12 degrees of the nodes that we're speaking of, Mars and Taurus right now, or not, um, Scorpio and Taurus, it's at 29 degrees. What unifies them could be this most interesting fact that two degrees Aries, which is really close to the beginning of one or zero, that it from the United States, our midheaven, that 10th house energy that we were just talking about, is, and I think I misspelled this, it needs a C in there, conjunct. The world chart, the eclipse chart, ascendant of our energy of how we're propelling out individually into the world. It's the same degree. So perhaps now we're moving from what had been for the United States an emphasis of beginning, even though the chart was also at zero. We, we were doing beginnings then, but now it's the world we're all collectively starting. So here's the, uh, and you know what? Here was that, we went from, we might say in full circle, an archetypal viewpoint generally to actualized impulsive to become to looking objectively that consciousness to becoming then to participate in a greater life so here's that chart right so the um the new moon on the 19th and 20th of this month is in the first house and the MC is the same degree as the ascendant. So that's really interesting, that Aries point. And that's a cardinal point in this chart. The angles, the first house, fourth, seventh, and tenth, all are cardinal signs. So, you know, new beginnings again. It's like really emphasizing that new start. That So it's like we needed a couple of months to kind of emphasize that and help us along, I believe. I, I totally agree with you there, Liz, on that, because, you know, if it's the midheaven and the last chart, it was like, okay, here's what we're, here's our goal to obtain. That's the midheaven. This is where the soul's going. And now this is the time to start it because that midheaven's on the ascendant of this chart. It's time to, to, to get, get things moving. So uh, I, I, I like that. And your point about Pluto transforming our, well, ourself, our relationships, our resources, how we're interacting, our joint resources. It's, it's a total uh, change of, 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 of why, the motivations. And that's a strong word with Scorpio or with Pluto is what motivates us. What are we trying to, what's the goal? And the goal would be more of teamwork, just like this. Yeah. Well, and so much has changed over the last three years. You know, now we're in post-COVID. And so life is very different now than it was three years ago. So 
we need to make a lot of changes or people are making changes in their businesses, how they live, everything. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was uh, speaking of action and, and, and new beginnings. I was looking at the Mars too here and um, noticing that um, the ascendant of the um, um, just looking at the, where the Mars is in the charts and um, uh, near the, our current chart, it's near the IC um, of the uh, current moon or where the Mars was before. It's on the IC. And then, of course, uh, this one is close to the ascendant of the past chart. So I think those that that uh, the Mars representing our forward action and effort and taking action here is um is, is becoming more into focus. Good point. Mars is the ruler of Aries. Lock, stock, and barrel. No question about that. And it co-rules the south node of Scorpio, traditionally speaking. And it's now in Cancer, which is ruled by the moon. So it's really a very strong motivation that we're involved with, but on a personal basis, it's really getting down to our foundation. It's in that fourth house and it's in cancer. In fact, it happens to be 13 degrees. Cancer happens to be the same degree as the United States sun, 13 degrees cancer. So we're being, whether this is a, it's an interesting relationship of us and the world you know, yeah. on a collective scale. And we're beginning to see that interaction. Well, we've always seen it, but in new dimensions. I mean, I can't speak right. of, it just is becoming more. And and I might point out for the, and I'm just curious what you two think about this, but I, I think just for the audience, uh, you know, what does Mars and Cancer mean? Um, and, and in the fourth house mm -hmm. that this could mean really a, more of a focus on generational stuff right now, on families, on children. With Mars moving into Cancer, we may see uh, more, you know, I, I remember, what was it, um, a um, couple of years ago when there was all the stuff about the children on the border, I forget what major planet was going through Mars at that time. Uh, but, it, it, you know, whenever we have a major planet move through cancer, um, then um, then it brings up issues about children and family and generational stuff. So we may, may see a lot about that at this time. Uh, and I'm thinking too, it's more self-protective. Cancer, Mars in Cancer is motivated, of course, but the motivation is more related to how to protect. What is the safety? And it's going to be a little more cautious, you could say, rather than just jumping in, looking at this or that, which Gemini, of course, needs to do. It needs to collect a lot of information. But it so we yeah, we're in a process, aren't we? We are indeed. Well, this has been with archetypal symbols where every second week we're so thrilled i say we i would not be here if it weren't for my two cold cohorts justin and liz and you can see them that light path for liz and justin crockett elsie actually they both have their names for their sites and i think too i wanted to show here in case if you have youtube there's a whole playlist on talk cosmos youtube that will tell you more about this history and uh, where we're headed. Thank you. 
we can close that, Nathan. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and we look forward to seeing everybody again soon. Yes, indeed, to beginnings, to revitalization, to courage, right? To unite. See you. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 